The following hoot nanny will be explicit. Oh, we had this good idea. Well, it seemed good at the time. Now half our party's dead, and that sure ain't a good sign. So now we're back to character gen, our error we now see. So before we try out plan A, let's figure out plan B. Oh, we had this good idea. You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. So now we're back to character gen, our error we now see. So before we try out plan A, let's figure out plan B. Thank you for joining us for Season 12, Episode of 17 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Kadave. This is not Kadave, but Stork. And I'm Kimmy. <gasps> Kimmy. And Kimmy, if you're watching the live feed, is being portrayed by Cthulhu. Arr. Cthulhu bobblehead, actually. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that makes him better. Yeah. Right. So we're back. It's been like five weeks mm-hmm. yeah. since we've been on. Yeah. Anybody Anybody had anything happen to them? Dave, you had twins. Well, that's why I haven't been here in forever. <laughs> <laughs> Way longer than five weeks. Even as it is now, if anybody on the live feed sees me fall asleep, just tell somebody to kick me. I'll be right back at it. There we go. I'm only used to sleeping in 15 second increments now. Right. So it's good to be fine. And Kimmy, Kimmy's like been on international magazines and also like making a career and stuff. Word. Yeah. Yep. I haven't done anything with it. Stu, you know, anything happen to you? No, not really. Oh, okay. Not much at all. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to, know, if you really want to know why, and you want to like see my tragic personal life, you can go to the forum because I've actually found <laughs> out that teasing it through the forum has really helped forum traffic. Oh, <laughs> massive, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, a lot of new, a lot of new members of the forum. Nice. So, so you can go there, and it's in the, uh, it's under the top one where, the, where I put the sh- the show comments and stuff. There's mm-hmm. this thing that says, "When will the show return?" So there's a, there's all a the whole musical though. number. About why people would do that in mm-hmm. Avenue Q. Oh, oh, I was like, you wrote a musical number? That's amazing. No, I, no. No, no. 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 So. But we're back. We're excited to be we're back. We're back. And I think everything's working right. The stream looks like wow. it's working. There's oh, like. Get the hell out. Wait, we have to tell them about the new thing. The cheer uh, thing. Yes. Yeah, the thing you, you were just, just talking about, about like two seconds ago. People oh, can be happy. The yeah. thing that I'm going to love that I don't know about. Well, they probably they probably already know about it, but uh, apparently, if you're watching the video on Google Plus Hangouts, I don't know if you can see it. If you'll watch it in the embedded window, I have no idea. There's a way to like, I guess, like or vote up parts Moments. of the show so that. There, there'll be like this bar graph of like this is the part you should skip and this is the part you should fast forward to. It's kind of like a Nielsen box. It is. It is. Oh <clears throat> yeah. It's more like a Nielsen box. So, <laughs> I, so I'm going to boost ratings and take my shirt off. No, 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 no. no. You'll boost ratings if you, if you start with your shirt off. It'll boost ratings if you put it back on. I know it'll boost ratings. <laughs> For a chopper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's he po? <laughs> All right. Uh, first email is from Anthony. And, uh, oh, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We no longer read all of the emails. Uh, no. I go through them, and I look at, like, the last most recent week's worth, and then this is actually the last most recent month's worth. But in the future, it's going to be the last most recent week's worth, and then we'll pick 
five or six of them to do. So we are no longer reading all. Do you want to re- reiterate why that is? Uh, um, We're popular. Well, the, the this way the emails will be m- more topical and more current because people ah. very often will reference something that happened in the episode they last listened to. Right. And when that happens, that might have been three months ago. That's why. <laughs> Instead of us getting the, in season 11, episode 6, exactly. and we're all like, yeah, that was awesome. Whatever was happening then, cool. There he is. Oh, Cthulhu moved. I bumped the freaking cord. It's a Sheethulu. 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 That's me. It's Come a ca- ca- move through. Cool Thushi. <laughs> uh... So anyway, yeah, email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. You can also go to our forum, happyjacks.org slash forum. I have a Twitter account, happyjacksrpg. It's all smished together into one word, like German. And, uh, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we have facebook wow. stuff. Yeah, there's a Facebook There's a Facebook page, and there's also a Facebook community. There's also a G Plus community that you can go and It's actually pretty active, despite you. It is, yeah, it is. There are people put stuff there. I go in and check out it once in a while. I... Um, I I love Google Plus way more than I love Facebook. Well, I don't yeah. love Facebook, but nobody does. No. But you're stuck, aren't you? Although I've, I I don't have a um, what's the new one? Ello. I don't have a yellow yellow. I, I have one. I haven't really figured out about it yet, though. Oh really? Yeah, it, it it's it's missing know. a lot of stuff. Yeah. There's no there's no like ads. To, there's no ability to block well. users yet. I've heard. Right. Oh yeah, I'm straight the hell out. They're going to add it. Okay. When they do, somebody can tell me. Right. Why would you release something like that without the ability to block right, users? Like, I mean, you would think. Well, you know, they're, they're going one at a time. Man. Yeah, but they want they want <laughs> they want people to appreciate the feature before they add it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you want to wet their appetite. Like, oh my God, there's so many annoying douchebags out there. Please, won't you give me the... Why, yes, we are. Here we go. Ding! We Thank listen you. to our users. <laughs> right. Yeah. Gotcha. That would be my guess. I'm, I'm waiting for service. my invite. I don't have one yet. And if they ha- end up having pages and I can spam people from there, I'll do that too. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, email from Anthony. Is that it? Is there anything else? Any other social media things? Or no. I think that's it. I yeah. don't have the voicemail line. Do you want to talk about Gen Con? What about what? Gen Con? Well, we were there. And we had. Are games. you talking about Gateway? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Before I started with a G. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Stork with the Gen Con? No. <laughs> yeah, I didn't tell him. It's it it Gateway. Yeah. I have, I have a couple it? of beefs I want to talk about with, with Gateway. Okay, go. All right. The hotel. Yeah. It's the Paris Hilton Hotel. Uh. It looks really pretty on the outside, but it's a beat up crack whore on the inside. Yeah. It is not a pleasant place to be. No. The elevators rattle and clank. The, the rooms are just are not great. Uh, the bar doesn't open until, what, four? The I, food is I'm, crap. I, and the food yeah, is the not food that is good. Garbage. Overpriced, not that good. It really is the Paris Hilton Hotel. I yeah. thought the food was okay. Oh, it's okay. Oh, just okay. I spent $17 on Eggs Benedict. That was just we okay. always get Eggs Benedict. Yeah, but it's it was just okay. okay. I mean... Well. For that orange juice and everything is over twenty dollars. I'm like, <sighs> all right, okay, I get it. That's that's the hotel. hotel part, I mean, that, right? That I mean, yeah, the, the the place is a little grungy. We were uh, we were we had our traveler game. Yeah, really. My only right, complaint for the hotel is the freaking air conditioning. Like, are you talking about in the downstairs? Yeah, yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Because this last con, it didn't work. Oh, at all. oh fuck. 
Uh, no, and, no, that, no. and that segues into exactly what I was going to say. Carry on, and uh, it'll segue. Yeah, into that's unacceptable. Well, I was there. I got there just after noon on Friday in August. Right. Yes. And in L.A., I I got into the hotel and it seemed okay. Everything was all going all right. Got down to see about playing in a two o'clock game on Friday. I was excited. Right. Yeah. Here we go. And when I got down there, it was already eighty degrees. Oh. And it just got worse from there, to the point where, like, on Saturday, I was sitting in a game, and there was some dude that was somewhere it. in the room... That's what I was going to bring up. ...that smelled like a slaughterhouse. The oh. funk came in. The it gamer funk came so in. It was so horrendous. Like, I... And because the air wasn't moving, everybody was, like, sort of, like... <laughs> it just stayed. Oh. oh, God. And, oh, man... That's and terrible. I, didn't I felt hear about bad that. because, like, you, you know, uh, Jim and, and Eric both talked about how you know they'd been on the hotel uh-huh. about yep. get this shit fixed. What the hell? And right. they didn't, I guess, at all. <laughs> and the upstairs area was frigid. Yeah, like the dealer room and the the big open gaming area. They were all. Or whatever they do in the upstairs area. I don't know if it's open gaming or what. But anyway, but they have secret meetings without us. Right. It was all subarctic. And then the downstairs area, whatever so, air conditioning unit was attached to their... So it was like a, a was, dead possum or something? It was like upstairs. It was Tatooine downstairs. Yeah. And then some guy who hadn't bathed in a week showed up and reeked up the place. It stuck yeah. up. In fact, I'm thinking that if somebody like that shows up at my table next time, I'm like, nope, game out, game over. Who is that? Who is... <laughs> you, you. Leave. You're Everyone stuck in the room. Yeah. Everybody stop. J- just bring, like... In my like, cooler, I bring a portable Febreze to go. Nice. I was about to say. And a thing of breath mints and a thing of wet wipes. Like, go to the bathroom. Here's your Febreze. There's no excuse. If anybody sitting at the table with me comes up with the funk, I'm a fat guy. But I understand... <laughs> It in that a, situation, it a little more in maintenance. you just do a little extra work, exactly. and you keep it under control. Yeah. And aside from the occasional horrendous fart that murders all of you in a small room, <laughs> I try not to be a stinky bastard. But you don't walk into the Paris Hilton Hotel yeah, I knowing don't. full well that you're going to be <laughs> in a room with, I don't know, 30 right. people, knowing you haven't bathed in a week. Right. And, and the thing is, this is God. Saturday. Yeah. Of a four-day uh, event. Yeah. Sure. It so it's halfway through, and already this whoever this is smells like... Death. death. Like a, a charnel pit. It, it was not good. <laughs> That's it awesome. Just, yeah. I mean, we were all sitting at the table, we're all like... Yeah. Oh. I, I was needed to use the restroom during this game on Saturday, and I purposely held it. To not have to walk through that area mm. on the way out of the room. Held your breath, you mean? No, I held going to the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, no, I just I get to the end of this game and then I'm out and then I don't have to come back through it and that's it. Wow, yeah, it was infuriating. Yeah, that sucks. I yeah, miss no kind of AC. The, yeah, oh yeah. I, I don't want to say it, but I I really miss the Marriott. The Sheraton, you mean? Or the Sheraton, where we were before. Sure. Yeah, yeah, the Sheraton. Sure. I, with the individual rooms. and Yeah, those were nice. There was like three games in a room, and it kind of felt kind of intimate, and not like everyone was staring at your game and walking by it to find other games. And There was a lot of that. People just sort of show up and hover, and you're like, hi. 
And they sort of look at you like a cat that, you know, you, you ever walking down a cat taking a crap? And they look at you like, yeah, that's what they would look at. You're like, hi, can I help you? And they look at you with that look, and then they, like, leave. Keep walking. <laughs> and the bar was open 24-7, it seemed. It and, wasn't uh, actually sure. open 24-7. No. But, but it was open enough. It's like if I showed up at lunchtime, I could get a beer. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think they started serving at 10. Right. Well, yeah. yes. Good I, don't know what, I don't know about well, you. that's lunchtime. Lunch yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> All right. Can I go on? Even yeah, really? I'm sorry. R- this is stuff I needed to... Little more. <laughs> just I got it. I got a new, no, ba- just, I got a new baby. Just leave that one <laughs> off. I get enough of that shit. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't come Dave, here for that. They've just started lactating. Smoke <laughs> <laughs> <you> dropped. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Email from Anthony. Hey, guys. I'm messaging from a tent in rainy England at the moment. My question is this. Oh! Yes? He's in a tent. In England, yeah. Like... They have tents in England. Well, I'm not saying they wouldn't. <laughs> very the technology has been lost to the British people. <laughs> <laughs> the, no, the, I, the guy who invented bricks died and they don't know how to make any more. <laughs> He's just, he's like, cool, alright, I'm gonna go maybe caravanning. He's, maybe he's camping. Yeah. Or maybe he, like, it's like an occupied. I've always, movement. I've always found the whole British caravanning thing kind of crazy. I don't know what that is. It's, it's basically like mobile home camping. They all show up in trailers in like, in a place they call it camping. They all but but it's like in, in a farm yeah, field. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and and there's like thirty of them, and they all like walk out in the morning with their tea and talk to each other. Uh, but, uh, and that's, it, it, that's weird. <laughs> is, Americans don't do that. Is, Eng- <laughs> is, is England developed enough where there is no wilderness left? Kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, that, I, yeah, that there's would be. There's sort of just camping. fields there. Have you driven? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just. I, well, I only I've saw always just found it fascinating that it's still a big culture, like the going camping culture. But there's no place to camp. But it's not like <laughs> going to a, our national parks here in the U.S. Well, right. we have national parks. It's like glamping. Right, yeah. They have Salisbury Plain. That's about it. Yeah. The uh, you know what? I'm going to get a lot of email from this, I'm sure. That's fine. Yeah, it's going to be that's good. That's okay. HappyJacksRPG at gmail.com or stork at HappyJacksRPG. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my question is, how do you handle important locations in the world that your players are traveling through to their greater goal? As a bit of background, my players are in a sandbox game and going to the Temple of Wee Joss. I don't know what that is. It's uh, a very young Joss Whedon. It's a Wee Joss. Uh, <laughs> a baby Scottish nerd icon. <laughs> <laughs> to get their old bodies back. Oh. Uh, to get there, they have to go through a zombie-infested city and barter town. Who? Who run Town? Master Blaster run You were just a raggedy man. That was actually the, I. The, I was super disappointed I didn't get to do that with my son as a Halloween costume. Master Blaster? No, because he's too big now, and I, I wouldn't want to lug him around <laughs> he's all bigger day. Bigger than the actor that played <laughs> right, the midget, right? <laughs> than the midget actor who played the. Well, yeah, and the top. guy that played Blaster was way more muscle bound than I am to lug around a, a oh, person yeah. on his back. I wouldn't want to do that for a long time. <laughs> Now, my problem is my players get distracted easily. Uh-oh. Would you plan uh, an encounter or event to happen in the location or just go with the flow? I'm worried that another plot hook will get lost, as it has done many times before. Many thanks. I tried to keep this concise. And you succeeded, sir. Well done. Yes. Yay! Thank you. Uh, P.S. Drink. Aye, aye, Captain. So... 
I kind of wanted to talk about this. I, I don't know if it'll be at length or not, but the the idea of having too many plot po- plot hooks because I do that. I mean, I, don't, I haven't done it in the L five R game. I certainly did it in the D and D game. Mm-hmm. I threw out tons of plot hooks for that thing. Um, a lot of which could have been interconnected at some point, but again, distractible players. And a lot of players and people wanting to go in different directions. Well, I, I, okay. All right. Distractible players, yes, but that's not necessarily an excuse. You throw out a bunch of plot hooks, it's like throwing candy in front of a bunch of people, and they want to follow all of them, and they can't. Now, kind of what happens sometimes is party dissension. People are like, well, I want to do this, well, I want to do this, and I want to do this. As a GM, you sit back and go, yes, my evil plot is succeeding. And really what you're doing is nothing at all. You have right. caused an entire game to stall while people argue over what it is they want to do. Right. And is that fun for anyone? When, when, when push comes to shove, in the moment maybe it's exciting. In the moment maybe it's fun to watch. But is anything? Any, any, is there any forward momentum in your game? But is, I well, mean, yeah. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, I go. was going to say, I mean, do you need forward momentum to have fun? Because some of our very favorite moments and the ones that kind of live in infamy even are moments where it was, you know, shooting a bear or, <laughs> you know, all these things <laughs> that had nothing to do with it, but they were just amazing moments. I don't know. I guess I guess I'm, you know, we've talked about me being a sandboxy GM well, see, before. I, I actually... I've played with GMs that are very much laissez-faire GMs. Mm-hmm. You know, they set up a world and put you in it, and some things will happen along the way occasionally, but most of the time you're left to your own devices. Right. And I get frustrated. Hmm. If I'm sitting there and there's just too much shit on the plate, I I get upset. I'm You know, I'm the guy when I'm playing a video game, like, I will make sure to search every corner and pick up all the stuff. <laughs> Because I want to finish it. I want to know right. what's going to happen there. And not have to go back and find right. the, the thing that, in right. the chest. You exactly. Not even that. The designers put a lot of work into this. Let's find out this. I want to see all the weird stuff they did, right. around. And in RPGs, I get the same way. I get annoyed if it's too open. I'm like, if... Anytime somebody goes to the point where they're going, and what do you do? <laughs> I get annoyed. I'm like, if I don't, if there's no clear, at least general direction, like, maybe I'll come up with a wacky idea and make a left turn. Right. And that's cool. Or the group will come up with a weird idea and just completely go off the side of what whatever was happening. That's fine. But when a GM is like, all right, so here's five of you and you're in town and uh, it's a town. Cool. What's up? What do you do? Yeah, that's a bunch of hooey. Yeah, give them a little, a little like, push. Yeah. yeah, give me something, yeah. something. Uh, it's not even a push. Or inevitably, they're going to start a tavern or something. Yeah, right. You know, and then that's the thing that'll always happen. Somebody will be like, "Oh, I'm going to go get drunk," and that was fun when you're 16, right? To think that that was amazing, but <laughs> now you actually I, get drunk while you're playing anyway. I'll so does drink really myself yeah. when I want to. Damn well, drink myself, and I'll have some skittles for breakfast because <laughs> I'm an adult, <laughs> right? I agree. So, well, let me, let me ask you because, like in the L in the L five R game, uh, we got to a point where I basically did something very much like that, where you know, you guys had basically separated from the rest of your family, and you were given a, a message 
supposedly from your daimyo saying, go out and go where the clues lead you, right? And I had given, over the course of 14 sessions... uh, (laughs) Why do I feel like we're being lectured to? No, you're not. You're (laughs) not. But I had given, quote-unquote, subtle clues, which (laughs) maybe is one of the problems, uh, of a direction to go. And I have all of that prepped. And you guys made a left turn and went to Death Island. Yeah. Yeah. Kidding. Not what I was expecting. Um, that's fine. fine. I'd already developed a lot of stuff about that many sessions ago, so I didn't have to like come up with a bunch of new stuff on the fly. But it is... There are times when the GMs think they are dropping clues when I think it gets misinterpreted as color mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or sure. as sort of background stuff. Um, and, and that's one of those those occasions. And so, like, to, to directly answer his question, he has an interesting place, but the party's on a mission. They have to travel through this interesting place. They're distractible. He doesn't want to get, want them to get too distracted. How can he portray this interesting place in such a way that it doesn't derail where they're already going? Is there is there a way the GM can narrate things or can... Because, I mean, he's got basically zombie world with Bartertown in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Very interesting place for players to go. A lot of interesting things can happening happen. there. And, and if he's developed it already... Easily distractible. Is there a way to dissuade them from that? Or while still them having it? Well, he wants to keep them out. He, well, he wants to. He wants them to go through it, right? And make it to where they're going. His specific question is: Where should he have an encounter in there? Like, uh, I'm assuming like a combat encounter in there on the way or not? Start with that. Yeah. Well, I think there's ways to go about it. Like a combat encounter, definitely is one way to do it if you time it correctly. Like, they're walking into town, oh, look at all this amazing stuff, and then they're attacked by somebody who's, like, part of the next step down the road of the story. Mm-hmm. That's sure. definitely, like, like you know, an assassin trying to, you know, finish them off by the from the big bad or something like that. That'll kind of spur them along. Or, or sort of give them some sort of encounter that, that ties that location that they're going through mm-hmm. to the plot thread they're on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's what you're saying. I, yeah. I, I think any encounter you do should should feed into that main pl- that main plot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, people will argue and say that no, no, no. There, there should be you know let's let's work on the backstories and things. Yeah. Maybe in the long term, if it's a yeah. long running campaign, right. You can maybe start fleshing out and tapping into other people's background, but you definitely need to keep them focused. Here's here's why. If you're gifted with a bunch of great role players, they're going to play their characters' motivations. Yes. And their character's motivations may not be actually the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And they may not follow your plot thread. Because the thief is going to want to take something and then leave. And if, you're <laughs> if your players are playing their, you know, God bless them, th- playing their characters right. Wait, what's going on here? He's taking off his sounds. sounds. Sorry. He had to take his bandage off. Oh. My hand was sweaty. He has okay. a couple tunnel from playing game. Um... It's the dice roll. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. No, I, I had a point there somewhere. I know it's a goddamn 
Velcro, huh? No. Well, I, I heard it. It, it <laughs> was pointing, and I'm like, what's going on? Well, I, I don't know necessarily if it's wrong for players to get distracted from a plot hook and go in a different direction. Collaborative storytelling, right? Right. Well, right. yes, we do argue that, but um, so I mean, and, and if you've thrown on a plot hook, is it the player's duty to go after the plot hook if it's not inspiring you to do so, or if if there's another suddenly in the middle of zombie wasteland, there's this interesting town with all kinds of marks inside of it, and maybe interesting people to I, talk to. I guess the thing is, if you've started a plot hook, if you've, if you've thrown out a couple of pieces of candy and they've picked up a particular trail, and then all of a sudden you open up a pinata, and now they have a multiple choices, and, and, they, and you're astonished that they're not following the one plot hook that you originally established, that's a different thing. And that right. kind of sounds like what's happened is he's opened up a lot of different plot hooks, and he's well, concerned that they're not going to stay on the yeah, one well, that they started with. He's, he's done a map, and they're traveling through a very interesting place. That's yeah. the problem. And the interesting place doesn't really enter into it. I mean, can you maybe inter- integrate it so that it does? Maybe. maybe. You can also, I think, in find a way to dumb it down, and or not dumb it down, but like make it less interesting, but not permanently. Like, maybe they've been under attack, so everyone's boarding up their doors and windows, not letting strangers in. So it's a place. Oh, there you go. So it's yeah. like it can be an interesting place after the threat's gone. They can come back there and then you know explore those cool things. It's a place to pass through, yeah. right? There's no, well, there's nothing here. No reason to spend any time here. Nobody's talking to us. Let's move on. Yeah, like like the French castle in Holy Grail. Right. Right. Yeah. There might have been a whole mess of people that were super interesting inside there, but the guy at the gate was an asshole, and you didn't get to go inside. <laughs> so keep on moving down the road. Really, that's like all of France. Well. well Sure. Sometimes. Hey, now. I'm probably. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Stu's not a good mood. He's actually defending the French. I just never thought that they would come. Almost half French. (laughs) Well, not quite. I'm like probably one quarter. Which half? Don't ask. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky Pierre. Uh, (laughs) It's on my dad's side. There's actually a town in in northern France that is called Venable. Oh. Did you know that? Or Venable. It's close to the Swiss Venable. border, though, isn't it? No, it's in northern France. Oh, okay, all right. I like Venable better. Venable. I'm <laughs> sure it's Venable. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be? I, I don't know. Think. Of course it would be. Like, sous la table. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's the kitchen store, that, right? That's, yeah. It's a, it's a fucking what? pot store. Sous la table, Not pot, which like means like it, but it, the it's, table. Yeah. It's, it's like a kitchen supply store. They sell kitchen gadgets and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Although, Although, which means there used to be an in the mall kitchen gadget store called Lecter's Kitchen, which I thought was amazing. As soon as the movie came out, gone. No, long after the movie was out. (laughs) 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 Oh, it was so good. All right. Well, hopefully we answered your question there, Anthony, and thank you for emailing us. Appreciate Mm -hmm. it. The next email is for anything else on that? No, going once, going twice. Uh, I asked more questions, sort of leading questions, but you yeah, would. sure. Well, like the idea of like making somewhere not as interesting for a little while, it's it's easy to undo it later. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Or even I never dislike being given plot hooks. Right. Like maybe it'll cause the group to spend an hour of game time figuring out which ones we're going to pursue in what order. Mm-hmm. But 
I'd rather have choices than. All right, cool. I I but agree. Too many choices. I agree with you, Dave. If if uh, it's sticking with the uh, hook motif, if you've got a fish on, you don't go off and throw off more bait. You you reel that thing in. If your if your players are hooked, if they're on that line, don't sit around. You're not doing them any favors by throwing more shit in their way. Keep them on the keep. You got to keep that line. You got to play it. You got to move it. And you got and you can and they can go through and it can be a fight. There can be times when it's tension, but you keep them on that plot hook. They will love you for it, and you're going to love yourself too, because then all of your preparations are for not, are not for not, are for not, are not right. not not. But are for not. along the same analogies, sometimes the fish gets away. Yes, yeah. and right. if that happens, then you've got other poles in the water that you're ready to. Or yeah, while you're like reaching into the ice chest, grabbing a beer, the fish somehow the line breaks. And yes, yeah, right. They might go completely off the line. That's fine, but. Right. And become the legendary, the one that got away. <laughs> then, yeah. you, then you chum the waters with a bunch more plot right. hooks and get them back on. <laughs> right, should have right. brought a bigger goat. Yeah, I, right. I would say. I mean, worry about having fun. Like if they're having a good time and you're having a good time, even if they're not straight and narrowing down the path that you've planned out, go with it. Have a good time. Yeah, unless it's a con game, and then you're fucked. And then you're exactly so rude. Yeah. <laughs> Especially right. if there's no AC. Oh. I can't believe that. That's. That's crazy. Yeah. I would have run all their ga- r- games in my room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? My, my, my inner rage turned me into Harrison Ford there. <laughs> 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 uh, it, Clockwork Monk, who wants to read this? I will read it. All right. Dear Stu and the Friday Evening Douche Crew. That's us. Rhymes. Yeah. Clockwork Monk again. Thanks for reading my previous emails twice in one episode. Sorry about that. I'd previously written in about how to give two of my players epic character send-offs. Your advice helped. We ended up settling it narratively when it became obvious that they'd be rolling dice till they hit zero HP. Then they died heroically and gruesomely and, ultimately, fantastically. Adverbs are my friend. Lee. (laughs) Yes, gotta love little Lee. I marked this email as semi-urgent because my new campaign is starting at the end of September. Bum, bum, bum. Sorry. <laughs> I'm running D&D 5th edition for my crew of mostly veteran players. No. However, however, we're all doing this thing that's new to us, playing online. I was hoping that you'd be able to share your best practices for running a campaign online. Some specific questions I have. One, is it absolutely necessary to learn the ins and outs of Roll20, or would we su- or, or would we suffice with Google Plus and no add-ons whatsoever if we all got dice? Two. Should I, yeah, let's do the one, one, one at a time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would say Roll20 has, has a learning curve. Um, I can use it a little bit. Um, uh, DT Pints uses it very well to very good effect. You played uh, in one of his games. I, yeah. I played in one session of the Moment of Truth playtest. It was like the yeah. just sort of like an introductory session and like uh, character gen. But he had, I mean, he like pipes music in, so you're all hearing like like background 1920s music while stuff That's is going cool. on. And he's got like uh, splash pages, like artwork set up, and he's got. Uh, it's an event. It is, and and he 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 knows he knows the software very well. Now, when I tried using it in the GURPS game, it was still kind of in its infancy, and I killed it. Because I'm like, I came up with this idea. It's like, I have the entire map of the city, and I did it in, um, 
city designer, which is uh, one of the parts of campaign cartographer, which is that, mm-hmm. that you know what I'm talking massive about. Massive mapping. It, yeah, it's awesome. Thing, yeah. Um, it's it's almost like CAD software, but I did the map, and then I realized if I use high all high res images, I can zoom in on the map and I can l- underlay a hex grid on it because you know, GURPS uses hexes rather than squares. And this city is a city of you know probably a hundred thousand people or something. It's a huge city. And it was massive, and I exported it as a GIF or whatever file, PNG, I think it was. But it had so much detail, you could zoom. You had the whole city, and there's like a harbor and all this stuff. You could zoom in on any city street, Hmm. and you had it at the scale you would need to run a GURPS combat one yard hexes. Mm. Wow. That's awesome. But it killed killed Roll 20. Well, because the image is probably like 700 megabytes or something. It wasn't quite that big, but it was very big. (laughs) It was. It was. Probably dozens of megabytes. Well, more than that. Yeah, but maybe a couple hundred. It was big. It was very big. And it it might work, might be more robust now. Apparently, they've done a lot of stuff. It kept crashing on us back then. Um, I ran it, most of the sessions I ran in that game, I ran without any any plugins or add-ons at all. The game was fine. The game ran great. really depends on what you're doing. If you want to run, now, D&D 5th Edition doesn't really require a map. To do combats anymore. I mean, I guess you can, but you don't need to. It's not. It, it, it's it's marching order, kind of. Uh, but there are distances and stuff like that mentioned in it. But it's more kind of the up the up to the GM to do it. I mean, for for definitely, you go and you look in the player's handbook in the back of the book in the combat section. You don't find diagrams of what things look like and when you have flanking and when you don't have flanking and you know when you have cover and when you don't and all that stuff you had in the fourth edition books all that's gone so Hmm. they don't require a map it still might be nice to have one to keep stuff straight if you have a particularly complicated combat and you want to make sure things happen in a certain way i would try it without it first and then if you decide that it would add something to your game, then you can go ahead and add it. I don't think it's necessary. And, but I, I will say DT Pints uses it as a tool, and it enhances, It does enhance the, the, the experience. Is that the only choice out there, is D20? At this point, I Pretty believe much. it is. Because two, two of them merged in some, something Forge, or I can't remember the name of the other yeah, one. Um. There, there, the only thing I can think of I is think the there, wrong name. But there, yeah. I think there is another one out there still. But Roll20 is the big one. Okay. All right. Next one. How do I manage personalities on an online table and make sure everybody has a chance to contribute? That's yeah, really hard. It's it, it's the same as here. We all talk over each other. It's it's and then you've got lag time to contend with. That's that's just rough. That just takes time. You just have to do a, a few sessions, and everybody just has to remember to not talk fast and to take time in between stuff. Don't interrupt each other. Yeah. Tell, let everyone know, hey, there's a lag. If someone's talking and you start talking to try to interrupt them, you're not going to actually interrupt them for two seconds. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's not in the gap that you think is there. They've continued talking by the time you say something. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a mute function in... G plus Hangouts. Uh, 
like I can go here and there's like a little drop down like because it, it gives you little squares in the bottom for everyone who's in it right and they, there's a, a way to mute them so I mean if, if someone has like background noise or something like that or or, or if you know they're just annoying. Oh, they're just annoying. You just mute them. It's my fault. That's not exactly what he was asking. However, I think that that's going to be the biggest problem. Not necessarily the personalities. It's going to be the lag time and yeah. making sure that everybody knows that. And the personalities are going to have to work around the fact that yes. there's going to be two or three seconds between people responding. Yeah. yeah. Definitely a learning curve. And then it may be one of these things where you have like one-on-one conversations. If one person is completely dominating everything you need to bring them aside and be like you know it's harder in this in this type of game and you need to be a little bit more yep cognizant of it well said but really it's the same thing as if you're sitting around a regular table yeah you know if With you have lag. somebody at the table that's just on a tear and they're super thespian and they're just going nuts and you've got a couple of people at the table that maybe haven't played as much and they're a little more timid and a little quieter it's up to you as the GM to make sure you're keeping everybody engaged. Just as you would at a, at a yeah. table. Yep. It's the same <coughs> process. Yep. Three, are there any ways to try and keep my players from watching porn and, <coughs> and instead be invested in the game? <laughs> no. Kill your Wi-Fi. Uh, uh, that, that or kills playing online. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, <laughs> it, depends, it, dep- it depends how much bandwidth you have. I suppose. Mr. Fios over there probably could stream like a dozen porn films at once and still have a perfectly good G+, and he probably has. (laughs) If I'm ever on G+, with you, you know what's happening. Uh, the only way I, I can see the way dozen windows open. The only way I, I can see the good stop it is that is that if you ask them that if you're watching porn that you make it available to everybody. If you're gonna watch porn, we all have to see it, or at least have the decency to mute the soundtrack. Yes. Put porn on the TV in the background of your webcam, <laughs> then they don't have to go to another window to see it. There you it's go. just there behind you. Right. Because you could publicly shame them that way. Because if they're watching, you know, German nurses or something, or we all have to watch it That's or none at all. We learned too much about you, Stark. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the uh, kindergarten method. Picky like, on the Germans again. If yes. you're gonna do that, you have to have enough <laughs> for everyone. Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, All right. I know you guys have run several games via uh, Google Christ in the past. I don't think that's yeah, uh, Google Christ. Yeah, yeah. Google Christ. Yeah, Google Plus. It's like a Google little cross. cross. Oh, that's right. Okay, Google Christ. You can tell. I, I don't think <laughs> Google Plus. So, any general advice would be wonderful. It's, well, it's, the page. it's really not that different than, than running a, 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 a over-the-table game. It takes a little while to get into the same headspace to realize it. Uh, the, I think the biggest thing is people's commitment to, to show up and do it is less than it would be at a tabletop, even though you would think it wouldn't be as bad because you don't have to leave your house. You just set your computer up and you do it. But we always find things that we need to do. We got to wash dishes and got laundry to do, and I got to go clean out the gutters and whatever it is. Kids are running into the room. Well, the the the, 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 the sort of flakiness factor cranks up. I I canceled several games mm-hmm. on it for if they, if it had been a face to face game, I would have dealt with whatever the situation was as quickly as possible. Or and, it, or and just waited, or as everyone else showed up, said, "Hey, we're gonna have to start at like twenty minutes late. I got to deal with whatever this is." Whereas on the G plus game, I just cancel it. People got up to go get a cup of coffee and never came back to their camera. That could happen too. <laughs> Someone might just drop, and you they never forget. know what happens to them. The other thing I would mention is awful. God, 
<laughs> I would think it is have an alternate method of contacting everyone. Yeah. Get definitely. their cell phone numbers or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can text message them because we had that happen a couple times where someone's not there. Well, they, he knows we're playing, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw he mentioned it. Did in they the, forget? Or are they sleeping? Or, right. Yeah. And, and and sometimes they were like in the yeah. next room and had forgotten. Or mm-hmm. sometimes they had forgotten and went off and did something. And it's were a, in a position where they That's actually a really apt point. I mean, we're making light of it. But um, when you have multiple time zones, we've yeah. had it here when we're trying to get an interview started. We've yep. had phone conversations. There's been emails flying back and forth. Just trying to hook up and make sure that we're all there at the same time you, you really do need that mm-hmm. and it's not that people are flaking they're all trying it's just that you know they're on the east coast we're on the west coast somebody's in australia and everybody's just trying to sync up yes. real life yeah yeah you know come to think of it you know while i was playing online games every once in a while someone would just disappear yep, yep. and it was always one of those things you were kind of yeah. like did they fall asleep old? no no i mean like like they just would log out one day but, hey you guys see you tomorrow and then they just never log back in right and you're just I like always wonder yeah that Old school playing EverQuest, yeah. <laughs> and you'd be on a raid for like twenty-two hours, literally, literally. and somebody would inevitably fall asleep. <laughs> literally, then, fall asleep at the keyboard. Yeah, and then you'd get a bunch of idiots standing around that person's character who's not moving or doing anything, <laughs> and they're all just typing in caps to be like, "Wake up!" And like, you're like, "That doesn't like, do it." You're like shouting this is the in time caps. of the internet before we're all on voice chat, so right, it right. doesn't help. They're asleep. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. know, and you're you're like Nothing you're raiding happened. the. You so know. then, like everybody stands around them and makes jumping noises because there's a jump noise that plays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everybody hears <laughs> to try and wake people up. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's true. I remember that. Yeah. I remember Whereas, that if we'd all had cell phones with unlimited text messaging back then, right, right, it would have been super easy to be like, all right, if you're on this raid, wake up, wake the fuck up. Here's everybody, put your number in the Ba-doop. post and yeah. <laughs> Alright, all the best, Clockwork Monk. P.S. I realize that I also, uh, I may also be one of the first <coughs> emailers you get talking directly about 5th edition. So far, I've run two sessions of the starter edition as a DM, and I've read the player's handbook thoroughly. Short review, the classic feel of D&D is back, with a neat little bit of dirty hippie game influence on it. This is the edition I've been waiting for. Nice. That's nice to hear. I just got the Monster Manual. Today, mm-hmm. on the way home from work. Seriously? Yeah. Today? Mm-hmm. I, bought it, I bought it today. It came out, like, two weeks ago. Um, <clears throat> I like what they've done with the combat system. Uh, Me too. There are, you know, there's different types of damage now, but mm-hmm. he doesn't really give you any relevance for it in the player's handbook. You don't really know what it does. The monster manual is the other piece of that puzzle. Ah. Because in the monster descriptions, it says, this monster is vulnerable, which means you take double damage to piercing damage. Or, like, mm-hmm. skeletons might be vulnerable to bludgeoning damage, but uh, are resistant, resistant which means you take half, to uh, piercing, or whatever they call it. So, th- they've actually c- sort of made made the combat system a little less sane and it's not like there is damage. There's actually a differentiation, and, it, and, it does, and it's, all, it's all on the onus of the GM. Because it, it, it's all in the monster stat blocks. The players don't even have to worry about it. All the, the GM has to say, what kind of damage is that? Now you're gonna, oh, Inevitably, you're going to have players to say, oh, by the way, we're fighting a skeleton, and I believe I'm using a bludgeoning weapon now. So <laughs> John Wick wrote a really interesting article that I think I forwarded you to. I haven't read it yet. I got uh, you one. should read it, and it actually addresses some of this stuff. And he, has, he, he says, 
5e is radically different. I'm not going to. I will talk about that later. But he talks about that whole stat block stuff, and you can you can tell the gun combat nuts by how much they caress and stat out their guns, and the sword combat nuts, sure. how much they caress and so on, and range. And all, he talks about it. He addresses all of that in in a lot of games. It's a really interesting article. Um, but it sounds like 5e kind of breaks that mold that's been what we think of RPGs for the longest time. And I'm actually excited. I don't to think play it, it. I don't think it's. I don't think it's broken and found any new frontiers. But I think they've they have adapted some things that have happened from other games in interesting ways. He he brings up a really interesting point about um, what we think of as a role playing game and what is a role playing game. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Oh. <coughs> A new beer has appeared on the scene. <laughs> oh, oh, is it old <laughs> Cthulhu? Is making looks? Oh, I thought it was old Cthulhu for a second. Oh, no. Anyway, we, get, we after we after the article comes out, we all read it. We maybe we can discuss it. That's, yep. Otherwise, I will be paraphrasing. It. Uh, yes, but I so so far I like it. They have a um, they have a uh, like a reward mechanic built into it called inspiration. Hmm. I think it's called. And it's it's kind of like advantage and disadvantage. I don't know if you're familiar with the advantage and disadvantage rules, where you roll two dice and either take the higher or the lower. You either have one or you don't. And if two conflicting things come up, you don't worry about it. And they've made the rules very simple for that stuff. There's not a lot of crunching going on. It's just you have it or not. And, and that's the way the reward mechanic works. It's like if you, you either have inspiration or you don't have inspiration. If you have inspiration, a roll comes up, you can use your inspiration and make an advantage roll, which means you add a second d20 and take the higher. Mm-hmm. And then I think that there might be other stuff you can do with it as well, I don't remember. So, but yeah, so, so far, I think they've done a, a fairly nice job of, of making a fairly rules-light version of D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to Chuck at our local gaming store today, and he says sales on it are up, and it's actually helped sales on Pathfinder stuff, too. Oh, that's cool. So there's like a sympathetic sales. So... A rising tide and all that. Yeah, well, people get their uh, their games trying to get their wallets out. They're going to look around and see if there's something else they want. Yep. Well, it seems to me that it's sort of maybe the vanguard of, uh, or maybe the the next iteration of the R-O-L-E playing, role-playing, as opposed to the role-playing. There's a lot of games out there that when you're role-playing, we have miniatures and we do combat and... um, 5e seems like it's doing away with all of that. It's going it's focusing more on character development, interactions, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, and and the combat is le- is going to end up becoming less crunchy. And, and there's and it's not going to maps and the minis and stuff like that. You can use them if you want, but you don't have to. <clears throat> Which I kind of liked because fourth edition was almost a minis game. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It, it absolutely a, was. It was a strategic combat mini game. Yeah. Yes, and it was. N- it, yeah, With there was yeah. some skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. John Wick's With article cards. talks about that yeah. as well. Chess is not a role playing game. You could make it a role playing game, or try to sure. by making each of your naming each of your pawns and right. trying to figure out where they came from and investing stuff in it. But that does not a role playing game make. It's still at its core a minis game. Yes. And it's about tactics and strategy. Yeah. And that's what 4E was. Yeah. Uh, you could make diplomacy a role playing game. That would be awesome. <laughs> Honestly, I've, I've talked with a bunch of our crowd of people. The best people to play board games with are role players. Yes. Yeah. Because just automatically we all just slide into some character for whatever game we're playing. 
you know, we sit around playing nuclear war and we Checkers. all get weird right. country names and then we all start playing, <laughs> you know, dictators of random countries. I'm going kill you. I'm going kill you now. Yeah, 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 and everybody gets a personality and it's so much more fun than just sitting around like, I rolled a three. I, I, that's what we, when you, we, did you ever play Junta? No, I haven't. Oh, you, there, you've got a bunch of people and each play like the member of a different family in a little banana republic and uh, you're trying to get as much money as you, in your Swiss bank account as you can by the end of the game. I think that's the victory condition. Mm-hmm. But at, at, a po- at a certain point, so, someone has to get elected El Presidente for life. And when that would happen, it says, Oh, El Presidente por vida! <laughs> <laughs> and, and then everyone takes on it like a sort of a, a role. Some of us are more obsequious. And, you know. Sure. But it's that really funny shit. Some of the accent comes out because it's El Presidente. Right, exactly. That's a fun game, by the way. Junta yeah, is a I've, blast. I've Email from Jeff and Appleton. Jeff and Appleton, dear student crew. Oh. I started drinking your Gerbs Kool Aid and recently. Stu, it's, you're leaving and doing the Gerbs Kool Aid. All right. Well, go ahead. I have to eat. I've been holding <laughs> The Gerbs Kool Aid recently picked up the fourth edition Gerbs Basic Set, both the characters and campaigns books as a PDF. Also, I just listened to season 12, episode whatever, where somebody yeah. compared Gerbs <laughs> to anal sex and then had, a, wow. had me laughing so hard I was crying. Just like anal sex. It was an epic email. There's usually not a lot of laughing. To continue. Unless you're doing it completely wrong. <laughs> you're doing it wrong. To continue, I'm amazed to say that I have read the character's book cover to cover, a.k.a. the player's handbook for all you D&D players out there, and it was an easier read than I was expecting. I didn't read every AD or ad, disad skill or spell entry, I don't know when every plus one modifier comes into play, but overall the book was less complicated to read than I thought. On top of that, I'm confident that I can just make shit up on the fly if necessary based on your comments on that system. It is a toolbox. For now, I'm not concerned if attacking somebody who is standing in a dimly lit doorway while the other person is in total darkness should impose a minus two penalty or a minus five depending on the angle of the light, the distance between the people engaged in combat, the degree of the floor slope. You win, Anakin. You can't. <laughs> you can't win, Anakin. I have the high ground. Thank you for correcting me, right? That's fine. It's it makes the joke terrible, that much funnier. Terrible line. Yeah, well, you know, Jedi always win when they have the higher ground. <sighs> it's, it's a higher moral standing. Uh, what I've what I find I like best the system so far is that it seems like most of the work is done in character generation. Once you have finished, you have your target number as is for the skills, like combat, as well as active defenses. You're not checking the book to see what the climbing DC is. <laughs> You're just making the player roll and telling them what pluses or minuses are needed. I know that Stu and Stork refer to this often as a benefit of the system, especially for play- from the player standpoint. With all that in mind, I have two questions. Two questions! First, two. as a GURPS first-timer, how do you filter out all the unnecessary stuff? Specifically, skills. A skill list is extensive, and I'm primarily interested in fantasy-type games, like a classic sword and sorcery D&D and Pathfinder games, although the question is valid for any setting or any genre. My experience most recently has been with D&D 4E, which is a pretty small skill list. Savage Worlds, which also is a fairly small skill set, and Pathfinder. My players are experienced gamers, and I don't want to bog them down with unnecessary skills or having too many skills on 
their character sheet. Likewise, I don't want to worry about whether their character took the melee small blade skill when they should have taken the melee short blade skill, or wrestling when they really meant brawling. Do you want to address I, that yeah, now? Yeah. This is in GURPS? Yes. There's actually a tool on, I think it's on Steve Jackson's website. I'm not sure. I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes. I think it has, it mentions skills as well, but you can go in and the GM can go in and select what is available and what isn't for his particular game, and then you can print that out and give it to the players, and it shows, I think it's mostly for advantages and disadvantages, but I think it has skills on it too. I'm not sure. Would you recommend like a a character generator? I think GURPS has one that's... Yeah, that doesn't get rid of, that doesn't bog down, that, that doesn't get rid of the problem he's talking about. All those options are still in there, I think. Because um, the skill... It used to be that there was, like, a small group of common skills in the in the group's main book. Uh, this is, like, third edition and earlier. And then as other books came out, other world books, like Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk book comes out or whatever whatever it is yeah there would be like you know eight or nine more skills in there that you can add into the what whatever the school skill set is but the 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 skill list in the in the core books now is freaking huge it's mm-hmm. i don't know it's probably a, a couple hundred i would imagine it's it's enormous my experience with the with the gurps character generator is that it's actually pretty good once you pull up a skill you can click on it and it tells you what it is as opposed to sometimes just going it through the book. It depends on what you're using. Well, um, that's fair. And, yeah. And the other thing is that the, the nice thing that those thing that the generators do, at least the, the the official one from Steve Jackson Games, is it categorizes the skills. Yes. That's nice. So you can say uh, archaic melee weapons, and pff, here's your list of archaic archaic melee weapon skills, or whatever it is. But and and then you can go and you can look under each individual thing. That's very handy when you're making NPCs. It, it also helps well. the point by sometimes too. Yeah, but um, there, there, I, there is. I'll try to find it, um, and maybe someone in the GURPS forum will post something on it because we have a sub forum for GURPS. But there is a thing on there where the GM can go in and basically there's a bunch of radio buttons and you can turn things on and off, mm-hmm. and then print out a list of stuff that's available. So like you can, like if you're running a regular fantasy game, you can say, okay, you can't take the advantage of. Ultra extra, extra limb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I think um, just good communication, too, because I know we've played like Savage Worlds and GURPS and stuff before where there are a ton of choices, heroes. Um, you know, there's a bazillion different ways. And just having the GM like lay out, this is the kind of game I'm running. Like, mm-hmm. it's a high fantasy game. Please don't take shooting. Like, you know, laying it out that way. And just having the players, when they're making their characters, just ask good questions. Hey, I'm thinking of this or this. What do you think would be more helpful? And the, the, the most important thing, and that you just reminded me of it, always have the players, before they look at any rule book, come up with a character concept yeah. and give it some detail first. Yeah. Then use the rules to build to that concept. Don't sit there and say... What skills look interesting? Because yeah. you're going to be there for fucking ever. And that's the min-maxer paradise right there. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go find the most breaky things I can find and put them in my character and then All you together. get to deal with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yes. Question the second. I like the templates that are provided in the GURPS 
I'm sorry, I'm invited in the GURPS. Because in the GURPS. Yeah, I think idea. we should call it the GURPS. We, we should call like it the GURPS. We'll call it the GURPS. We like the GURPS. They're provided into the GURPS because it gives an idea of what an archetypical class looks like since we are so used to D&D. However, I am disappointed by the lack of a monster manual. Yes. I'm used to D&D <laughs> and Pathfinder where they give you the stats for hundreds if not thousands of NPCs and monsters. That makes it easy for a GM to whip something up on the fly. How then, Stu, do you make? Uh, do you just make stats up on the fly? You mentioned that you're just experienced enough that uh, to know what works and what doesn't, and how you can share some of that advice to for us noobs. I recently purchased Mooks. How to be a GURPS GM? Uh, I'm sorry, the GURPS GM book. <laughs> be a the the GURPS GM. Be a the GURPS GM. <laughs> Articles, man. Articles. <laughs> How does one of the world's greatest detectives not use his prepositions? Uh, the GURPS. The GURPS. <laughs> A little murder by death reference there for those of you anybody just with tuning a in. Weird seventies <laughs> off the wall comedy fetish. There you go. Uh, the GM Buck as a PDF, which was a good read too. I'm sorry, I'm, I've just destroyed that whole sentence. <clears throat> I'm moving on. Look, yay for <sighs> Mook's book. Yes, yeah, yeah yay absolutely. For Mook's book. I still have my review copy. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to have to go buy it. Steve Jackson webpage won't let me. Are you going to give him a bunch of notes and send it back? That's terrible. You have to use like Firefox 2 or earlier, I think, for it. (laughs) (laughs) Netscape Navigator. (laughs) Wow, that is old. Wow. (laughs) Probably. Sorry. All right. He gives good tips on how to create some humanoid NPCs. Just mirror your PC character stats, but drop the NPC stats and skills down a couple of points each, and don't worry about the ads. Uh, there, uh, but there's no tips on how to create monsters or creatures. Furthermore, D and D and Pathfinder have some great settings like Forgotten Realms, and I would like to use, or that I would like to use. They even have adventure modules that I would like to pilfer from and use with GURPS. But I don't know where to begin in order to convert the NPCs and monster stats into GURPS. Perhaps someone, somebody, somewhere has already done this, and I just don't know where to look. Is there a GURPS 4E template on Omega Deck somewhere with 100 different templates in it? Thanks for your podcasting. It's always a great weekly listen in my short commute to work, and I've been listening since Season 6, Episode 1, Jeff from Appleton, Wisconsin. P.S. Well, let me... Let me All right. Then. The... There ha- they don't have a... There's never been a Monster Man. Well, there used to be, in 3rd edition, a GURPS bestiary. And they are working on a new one. Uh, they're not really answering questions on when it'll be out. It's one of those things that probably just about every GURPS gym will buy when it comes out. So it'll be a big seller, but for some reason they just haven't come out with it yet. Um, you can find, still used, a copy of the 3rd edition Best Cherry. And I'm pretty sure that you just have to ignore passive defense. And you, the, the stat blocks in there would get pretty close. Almost everything transfers over. Almost, not entirely, but pretty close. Uh, the other thing is there are a couple of... Uh, the Natural Compendium, I think, is one of them, which is someone took it upon himself to make basically like a bunch of monsters and animals and compiled them with GURP stats in a PDF, and it's free. Mm. You can just download it. 
I think it's called the Natural Compendium, but if you put in... I, I'll, I'll try to find that and put it in the show notes. I probably won't remember. But if you go to the forum, <laughs> and you go into the group section and you ask, I know for a fact someone's mentioned it, and there's probably a... Um, you can turn it up a little if you want. It's a no, 73 no, right now. No, it's, it, it's cold enough. It's fine. <laughs> but um, Kimmy just came in in a jacket, because... She's all buff and lot. She has like zero percent body fat right now, and it's cold <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the other, the other possibility, I think there's probably monster stats in uh, the the GURPS dungeon. What's the dungeon crawl? What do they call it? Uh, uh, there's a, se- a series of PDFs that they've come out with, um, and it has to do with. Classic, I'm going to rescue you for a brief loop. Classic fantasy or dungeon f- fantasy, classic something fantasy. Du- Gerb's dungeon fantasy, maybe? I, I don't know. And you're looking at me like yeah, I would know. Like, none like, of us are going to know. But all I know about six of them is that I like to play it with you and with Mook. And running you the need game. 3D6. You know I would too. remember that at the table <laughs> when somebody tells me. I, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you. They, they had the sort of the time traveling uh, source book or the, the time traveling world. There's, there's no monsters in it. Well, okay, but that yeah, has he, some NPCs and has some stats. settings, some cool settings. settings. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and so maybe uh, what is that called? The the infinite, infinite worlds. worlds. The infinite worlds. Yeah. Right. And and that's third edition as well. Out of no fourth edition. Yeah. Out of print, but it's available as PDF. Okay. And I and that's a good place to start because it does have some stat blocks, and it also has kind of a, a world to work with. Does it have any stat blocks at all? No. None of the world books have any stat blocks. In them. Really? Nope. Not okay. one. Right. They used to. Well, none of the ones I have have any. I don't have a lot of them. Uh. Maybe horror. I would. I'd have to look though. I'm not. I don't know for sure. Horror might have some monsters in it, but it also might just say, here's the advantages you need to put onto a character to make a monster a vampire, or to make a character a vampire. Hmm. It may be more more like templates, but... Yeah, that's the thing that the, the, the game has been lacking sorely since 4th edition came out. And there have been a lot of people complaining about it, and nothing has been done about it yet. Well... Steve Jackson's been very but busy, they're, but they're, mm. they're, but that, that look. Try to find that natural compendium because that ha, that is exactly what you're looking for, and it's out there and it's free. There it is. It's not pretty. I mean, it's just all just typewritten. Stab likes. No, yeah, there's no like you know illustrations or anything. It's got what you need. It's got what you need. <laughs> and you just don't have that that really seductive succubus. For a second, no. For a second, I thought that was one of Stu's sounds. S- succubus is. <laughs> No, that was Junie. all Stu. No, it was me? I thought his voice was better. Wait, I have PS's to finish here. Oh. No, P.S. Finish him. Finish it. Round two. Uh, are there any GURPS fantasy module campaigns? Raiden versus Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> I think I found it. I think it's called the Natural Encyclopedia. Oh. Oh, that, that rolls trippingly off the tongue. I can't believe we didn't remember that. The Natural Encyclopedia. Ted- Did- or is, it, or is it a third? <laughs> no, there it is. Yeah, that's that. that it, for, Gerb's fourth edition natural encyclopedia. It was written by Darwin, don't you know? It's very, it is. Uh, it's, it's that. It, that's got what you need. There it is. <laughs> P.S. Are there any Gerb's fantasy modules campaigns out there for free or for pay that you know of? 
Well, we kind of answered that. I've looked at the uh, Bainstorm setting, but I'm not sure if it fits what I'm looking for. I saw only one or two fantasy adventures on Steve Jackson's website, and when I do a Google search for GURPS fantasy modules, I don't seem to come up with anything. Perhaps I'm using the Googles wrong. Don't use the term modules. That's a D&D term, and it's, it hasn't been used since the 70s, what you, except by Stork. What would you say <laughs> they should use? Scenario. Scenario adventures or yeah. something? Okay. PPS. I have a three-year-old, and like most kids his age, he's addicted to the Disney movie Frozen. Yeah, yeah. it's not even three-year-olds. Snow glows I got 18-year-olds. Yeah. Not a footprint yeah. to, to be seen. I can't help but think that... <laughs> That would make a great one-shot adventure. Well, you know what? Uh, Hans Christian Andersen, who actually wrote the original story, actually, it it is a great one-shot adventure. And you should read the original story because... uh, Dark. Oh, yeah. Epic. Epic. Oh, good. (laughs) Vikings and trolls. Children's stories were made to tell them, (laughs) stay the fuck in bed. Yeah. (laughs) Don't, Don't leave the house, ever. And now it just makes them sing 24-7. Yes, right. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, read the original Hans Christian Andersen one, and then, uh, yeah, don't read it to your kid, though. That, that years of or do. Or do. <laughs> your choice. As a uh, social experiment, let us know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> read it to one child, but not the other, and I've see which two. one ends up... I, I, with I, I could, one could be a control. <laughs> right? You allow one to see all the Disney versions first, right. and you have the other one have to read the original Grimm <laughs> fantasy first. <laughs> And see which one likes it better. Dude, that's messed up. What, what do you mean Ariel dies and turns into sea foam? <laughs> That'd be amazing. What? Are you supposed to stab the prince? Every time you see foam in the ocean, a mermaid <laughs> dies. Hey, what? Why does one child run away from the ocean and the other one runs to it? Years. Years of therapy. All right. Ooh. The secluded queen is really a frost mage that doesn't understand her powers. She's really good at heart, but fear has led her to do things that she didn't intend to. Now she's run off and left the bad people in charge of the kingdom. Your job is to bring her back alive. Or perhaps not. But there are some other forces out there trying to kill her control, and there are some other nefarious purposes. I keep telling my son she's a frost mage so that I can lay the RPG framework about him <laughs> as early as possible. Nice. P-P-P-P-S. I didn't attempt for this email to be as long, so my apologies. Drink and be merry. Huzzah. Your apology made it longer, sir. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you. It's all right. And our rambling does that, too. Yeah. Email from Nate in Oklahoma. I guess that's me. K-L-A-H. I'm sorry. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sleeping down the plain. And the waving wheat sure smells sweet. When the wind comes Stop. right behind them. Oh, sorry. Stop it. Rain. Killing me, <laughs> Killing me inside. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Dear Happy Jacks, I never thought this would happen to me. <laughs> oh, I didn't get porn music. I've uh, been gaming I'll for a while, and things track. have gotten a little stale. <laughs> oh, Stork just unplugged my headphones. Oh, Something happened. I can't. Here! I've lost my left ear! Stork broke everything. Just keep reading. Just read with the right one. Yeah, all right. <clears throat> that was until the night I came. I came to game. <laughs> Strategic pause. Uh, and the basement was lit by candlelight. Oh, God. <laughs> on the table were things I've never seen on a gaming table before. Stark dungeons. Calipers. What? Stark dungeons. I looked towards the GM... But all I could see in the candlelight was hungry eyes and a GM screen with a single word, fatal. 
Um, wrong email. Sorry. Um, <laughs> this is disconcerting. It is. It is. It's crackling. It's, it's all jacked up. It, yeah, just keep, it might be just keep working on it. It might be the one you're leaning against too. Is it? Oh, is it? Is it all of your you. one yes. ears? Yes. Dork is broken. Everything. You're sitting on it. Yeah, you're sitting on it. It's, it's the stuck thing. in your hair. It's that thing. No. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yes. Yes. Finish plugging you back in. That's way better. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Right. <laughs> That's weird. You made us all depend on a single cord to well, hear each other normally. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it later. <clears throat> all right. Not right now. All right. Before my question, uh, I do need to take a moment to personally thank everyone at Happy Jacks. Oh. You're welcome. Uh, I live in the Oklahoma City and Moore, Oklahoma area that was destroyed in the May 2013 tornado, and your donation to the relief efforts meant a lot to the place I call home. Uh, while my house only received minor damage, yay, yeah. uh, as yeah. it was on the edge of the debris field, uh, I was personally in the damage pad before the first responders got there. Oh, wow. shit. He. Um, those few days are forever burned into my memory, and I just wanted to thank y'all for your outpouring of support. I, I've never been in a tornado, but having seen it, it literally looks like a, an army went through and like just wiped out areas in front of you. I mean, it's got to be you like walk out in the morning, the sun's coming out there, and you're like just rubble eyes, and yeah. it's gone. Yeah, yeah. and your neighborhood is gone. Can you imagine? It's crazy. Well, and Nate. You know, being a first responder and being there before the first responders is sometimes the hardest thing you can do. Mm-hmm. And I commend you on your bravery and being able to to face that and do what's right. And well mm-hmm. done. Kimmy, yep. having been a first responder, knows knows that it's tough. You walk out there and there's people that have lost everything. It's just mm-hmm. it, I can't I can't even imagine. Or people that have lost people. Yeah. yeah. Or people yeah. Yeah. that are lost. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in happier news. Yay! I'd also like to thank Happy Jacks <laughs> for getting me to GM my first game. Yay! Even better. Uh, I went back and listened to every podcast, starting with Season 1, Sorry. tagged with new GM advice. Uh, and I took copious notes. My run went extremely well, and discussing it private with players individually afterwards, it seems they'd never seen a new GM run one so well. Oh, good. Especially nice. using their own adventure path <laughs> in their 15 years gaming. Wow. Holy not bad amazing. for a first run and only two years experience playing. No, that's not bad at all. I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah. That's great on... I mean, even if you are an experienced GM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's plenty of games we run where, like, was that okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that, that sucked. We should, like, slink out of here before yeah. we still have our heads on. <laughs> Quickly before they find the... <laughs> Wakazashi for me to kill myself. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I've already written longer than I was hoping, and you have lots more to go. Uh, but I felt it would be remiss if I didn't thank everyone before I asked my question. Oh, wait, so I have, I have one more. I have one oh. question. Uh, when you listen to this, I would love to see your notes. So if you're not, yeah. like, like, you know, if you're able to do it, I'd love if you would scan them or take pictures of them or something and send them to us because it'd be amazing to see like documentation of all the advice oh. you've given over the years. What someone found useful out of our bladder. Right. The, yeah. fi- the five yeah. pages of useful information we've <laughs> of, given over the last five years. Hundreds and hundreds of hours. <laughs> Sorry. Nine, 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 <laughs> six? 2009. 2009 started? Holy shit. Ish, yeah. So five years, yeah. Wow. Ish. 
Yeah, four, four right. point something. Roundup. Close enough. Didn't seem like that, huh? No. Wow. Nope. That's crazy. All right, continue. Sorry. What would be amazing is if it came and it was just a picture of a note card. <laughs> <laughs> it was single three by five. It was like one Here's little index card. Don't be a jerk off. Don't be. Kimmy's <laughs> rule: Don't play with assholes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, oh my god. We need, like, pictures of us, like, every year, and then just seeing us, like, deteriorate more and more. <laughs> <laughs> First two years, great concise rules, <laughs> the last five. Hey, hi, hi, man. What's that game? What was it called? <laughs> the thing. Tim Dukes. <laughs> Gotta get Tim Dukes. Flash year eight. <laughs> I, 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 need, I need outtakes of him because he's almost as good as James Best. James Best. Nope, the chat room confirms August 2009. August 2009. Ah. We should have a birthday. We need a, ho- a Happy Jacks Cake. RPG podcast birthday party. Yeah, everybody that's ever been a host party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. Well, we need more excuses to drink. Right. Oh, it's not a we reason do. to drink. <laughs> it's right. just a reason to drink with other people. <laughs> 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 Alright, go ahead. Alright. <clears throat> uh, due to my scientific background, I've always loved science fiction. And the harder the better. Uh, wait, wait. Yeah, wow. okay. All right. <laughs> Is there not a sound for that? <laughs> not yet. I'll, have to go, I'll get porn sounds. Yeah. How about... Uh, Thank you. No. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> no, not those kind of porn sounds. I've got one of those. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dave. Maybe that was harder than it should have. Daisy. Daisy. <laughs> sorry, go. Oh, for <laughs> the love. Um, <laughs> we were all having our own thing going and start <laughs> <laughs> There's literally someone sitting by and Stork taking out his memory units right now. Uh, <laughs> A gnome crawled up his nose and even pulling out plugs. <laughs> Only one? Uh, as such... I'd love to run sci-fi based campaigns, but I've had to quit the last group I was in due to real life time issues. Well, I understand. Uh, I'm still hopeful I'll be able to play and run games online and or offline in the next couple of months. Uh, the biggest trouble spot I've found with sci-fi games is one of the cornerstones of sci-fi. Spaceship on spaceship battles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are correct. Uh, it seems that in spaceship battles there are really only a few true jobs for the PCs to do. Mm-hmm. Pilots and gunners are pretty obvious and self-explanatory. And I could maybe add in a computer expert that uh, could have a hacking mechanic that is homebrewed or part of a system where the hacker can try and disable sections or the entire ship by breaking into their systems uh, given enough time and skill. But what does everyone else do? They run around frantically. <laughs> yeah. They um, fix stuff. They get shot. Yep. Um... Well, let me finish this paragraph. Okay, sorry. Talk. Yeah. It, was not, uh, it was not suggestive. I was making a joke, because that's yeah, what yeah. happens in the Star Trek Enterprise. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody lean left. They're like, yeah, they're like puppets. <laughs> oh! <laughs> that's what we need, is to kick the stand, and we'll just... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> theater of the mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't mind, it's Do theater. Do it again. I want to see what it looks like. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of lame. That was the best. <laughs> that's like the original series of Star Trek. Uh, special effects wise. All right. <clears throat> uh, blah, 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 blah. So sure, the GM. GM may allow the engineer to make a roll to tweak the ship's systems for potential bonuses, but that can get samey very easily, and it still doesn't fix the other roles that aren't as well defined. I've just never been able to... Well, I've never seen a well-run spaceship battle. It always seems to boil down to the pilot and gunners getting all the spotlight, and all the other PCs sit around bored for an entire combat, since they aren't very effective during this type of combat. Uh, I'd rather not remove ship combat, as the ship battles hold a lot of love in most popular sci-fi movies and TV shows. But at the same time, I want the ship combat to be as interactive and exciting a group com- as group combat on the ground. So, do you have any suggestions on how to run space combat and give the PCs interesting things to do that affect the outcome of that combat? Thanks again, Nate from Oklahoma, lurking as half rye Psy on the forums. I have one suggestion. Okay. Uh, if you've ever read uh, Vada's War by uh, Elizabeth Moon, uh, her space combat sort of the, they, the ships wear each other down with a couple lasers, maybe some missiles, and then it actually becomes a boarding party. Uh, if you actually make your space battles uh, ineffective enough that you, or, or effective enough you disable the ship, you still need to get on board the ship to take over the crew. And now you can actually go and do a ground-to-ground battle in zero-G and going in corridor fight. It makes it interesting for everybody at that point. It, it makes sense in a way. You can, if everybody's in vac suits, you can actually stop a ship, knock out its atmosphere, but it's still there's still people alive in there. You still need to board it. Yeah. Sure. Just sure. don't make the ships blow up. Make the ships be disabled, and in order to gain control of the ship, you have to board it, and that's when the adventure starts. Yeah, or have something super valuable in there where they don't want to blow it up. Mm-hmm. Where there's like oh, yeah. some other yeah, motivation yeah. to keep them from just there's you know destroying it. If you like hard science fiction. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it for hard science fiction. Otherwise, except for the space battles, and that is the Lost Fleet series. Yeah, yeah. that's coming out right now. Uh, I can't remember that. He's using a pseudonym, Jack something. I don't remember. But um, they're fleets. They're like, it's like form. They yeah, they're yeah. formations, and then in the last because but they're traveling at each other at like point two light significant speed or percentage of light you know. and. and and when they when they pass each other, there are there is no hope of a human having the reflexes necessary to fire a weapon accurately. It's all controlled by the by the automated computer systems that's calculating things at a billion times per second or whatever. Um, but it's all set up and it's all the guessing game and it's really a psychological game between the fleet commander of the one side and the fleet commander of the other side. So really. It's a, it's a planning and what are we going to do and at what moment are we going to break into whichever formation we're going to go through their fleet in. But how do you role play that out though? Well, you because you're tempted to be you a tactical game at that it. point. You skip it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you basically yeah. D- you just you just say, okay, what 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 formation are you guys going to take and at what point are you going to take it? And maybe you have like a little table or something and you roll for what the outcome is and then you have damage tables or something. So the, I mean. Hard science fiction spaceship combat, that's probably about as accurate as it gets. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, I've been reading a lot of uh, Her- uh, Honor Harrington stuff. I've, I forgot the name of the author. Um, and he does a lot of tactical things. And he's got drones involved. He's got decoys. He's got mines. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and if you really want to do that, which makes sense, you can still do it. It's missiles. It's oh, missile, sure. Missile yeah, spaceship absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. And if, if at some point you want to decide, all right, we're in spaceship combat, release your drones, they're going to, and you might actually break out into a war game at that point. It actually becomes a miniatures game, which is fine mm-hmm. if you know that going in. If you know that at this point, it's basically going to become a battleship game, because that's the way spaceship combat would probably work, in only in three dimensions. They can fire up, they can fire down, but really you're dealing with a World War Two battleship scenario. You're, you're dealing with a game battleship, mm-hmm. which is, you know, you hit, they hit, you wear you through armor, you, you sink this, you sink that. Right. It, and that's fine. It, that gives somebody, that gives everybody something to do if everybody wants to chip in on the tactics. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, if, if you want to make it more cinematic and have players do stuff, when the ship gets hit, have that hit happen where players who don't have anything else to do happen to be. Yeah. Oh shit! The ship's depressurizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't you try to fix it? Yeah, you know, Daniel. Or, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Daniel in the chat room says, "I've actually found a good way to to do ship combat. The best trick I've found is to beef up the assist mechanics, which is kind of what you're talking about, mm-hmm. of whatever system you use, and stretch what skills can assist what. The engineer boosts the engines or weapons yeah. to give uh, an edge to the pilots and the gunners. Exactly. David, I, <coughs> Stork, and I totally do that when we run our traveler game at cons. Is if you can come up with a reason that makes some kind of sense to us, mm-hmm. why whatever skill you want to try is going to help, cool. Right. Like the engineer yeah. says, I'm going to throw in some uh, my vial of vodka into the antimatter and see if that... What do Combusts you want to have happen? Better. Combust yeah, better, yeah. so I guess it's a boost in... Uh, sure. <laughs> yes, that happens. Yeah. Make, make a <coughs> engineering M-drive roll, or, you know, whatever. That kind of a thing. But... Um, the thing I was actually going to recommend uh, on iOS or on PC is there's a little sort of easy game that you can find <laughs> called FTL. And it's <laughs> hectic as shit and it's crazy, but it's like you're looking at an overall like diagram of a ship, mm-hmm. and that's your ship. And you can get crew as you play through the game, and you come across enemy ships, and your crew members have different effects. The engineer makes it more likely that you'll get missed by missiles in combat. And okay. The pilot, you know, he does maneuvers, and, and everybody has little jobs, but if you just play a game of that, it'll give you some really good ideas for some things that people might do that maybe... What's what's that game where you set up a LAN, and you have, like, an engineer station? And oh, a the Artemis. <coughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah, it's the Star Trek bridge game, kind but of, not yeah. Star Trek, right? Really? Yeah. And well, are these free to download or uh, FTL? Yeah. You have to pay for. Um, uh, I think that, it's, the other one is it's free. Bucks. I think Artemis. No, it's not free. Uh, it's like forty bucks. I it was. Um, maybe there's a ver- maybe there's a trial version that's free. There may be. Uh, I think on iOS it's free, but you have to have somebody that has a license to run the main. Oh, okay. Version. I have to say that this is an age-old problem. We we've had this with yeah. Traveler too. I, mm-hmm. I've said this before, and, the, and I'll say it again. Which is, everybody thinks that ship combat in Traveler is going to be fun, and it isn't. No, it, you need to stay away from it as much as possible. Role playing mm-hmm. is fun. Role yes. playing yeah. is fun. So just yes, the idea Although of ship combat is great. Even the players are going to think it's great. And dogfighting might be fun if you want to go in for a dogfighting one one on one. But you're going to have to take yeah. each player individually, which means a lot of players are going to be sitting around. That's a different thing, but uh, 
ship combat, although that's what's in the books and that's what in the movies, is not fun to play. Boarding party, though, that yep. could be exciting. Yeah. Absolutely, because yeah. now you're go- now it's a dungeon crawl, isn't it? Yep, you're going through. A sh- you're going through a, a depressurized ship. There's damage. There's traps. There's people that have set up barricades. Oh yeah, that, and there's there's you know NPCs that may yeah. want to be surrendering. <coughs> that like, makes it fun. Think about how scary and difficult a job it is to be a SWAT team guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, take away the air <laughs> <laughs> yep. and possibly the gravity and the gravity right. and, and, and the fact that if you get hit. You're losing your air, right? Yeah, yeah, right. That racks it all up, and and it makes perfect sense. When you shoot a ship and it stops moving, it doesn't blow up; it stops moving. There's still people in there. You want that ship, mm-hmm. and actually, you it doesn't even get stop into moving. it. It actually doesn't stop moving. Right. Well, yeah, no, <laughs> yes, that's true. Which could be much worse. <laughs> yes. yes, and again, I've mentioned it before, but I have to mention it again for pseudo hard science fiction. Everybody has to go out and read Leviathan Wakes. Mm-hmm. It's this book series. It actually started as a guy that was hired to do a whole world building thing for an MMO game. Oh, oh you mentioned that before. And then the the game company folded up, and then he took all of his background research and ran it as a tabletop game for a bunch of other authors' friends mm-hmm. that he'd been introduced to. And then one of the other guys said, "We should write this. This'd be awesome." And they wrote it. Now there's a, there's four books out now uh, in the series, and then <coughs> there's going to be a show on Sci-Fi next year. Nice. Oh, awesome! Based off nice. of it, but like it, it's a great series. It's really good. It's totally got the whole space opera thing, yeah, going on. But uh, it's not based entirely in fictional madness. I'm gonna have a cough drop. Email from Nate. Oh no, that, that was Nate. That was Thank Nate. you, Nate. Email from Monday. Hey, Stu and the gang. Thanks for all the great advice. Can you get a there ladder bag it. next time? <laughs> I can try to find a ladder. I get those potato chip bags. Yeah, they got <laughs> those are exceptional. Did they really? I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, they're too freaking loud. That shit was insane. They're like, we tried to save the earth, but people don't like noise. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for all the great advice I've gotten from you and yours over the last couple of years. I've begun DMing for our local D&D Encounters program. Oh, good, good on you. Yay. Uh, I'm absolutely loving it. Even though the program is run by some pretty seri- run on some pretty serious rails. I'm yes ending my way through a lot of crazy and fun things my players come up with. Excellent. Yay. And I'm sure your players love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because there's rails doesn't mean they have to know about them. That's mm-hmm. right. Yep. I do have one question for you that came up tonight. One of my players, who is very fond of his character, did some some rather foolish things that caused his character to get killed off. Even with a lot of fudging of dice on my part, yeah. he took it pretty hard and sulked for the rest of the session. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I done told you. He's <laughs> lactating again. I'm <laughs> sorry, Dave's milk dropped again. Uh, <laughs> in a normal game, uh, I'd, I wouldn't worry about a grown man acting out like a spoiled brat. Unfortunately, this is Encounters. I don't get to choose who sits at my table, and it's looking like I may have to deal with this type of thing frequently. Do you have any advice on how to, how to handle this kind of situation? Thanks, Moonday. P.S. Included because it seemed to be required. 
Childish players. Hmm. Have a baby crying sound that you can play <laughs> at the table. If they're actually sulking, yeah, you could always get out your cell phone camera and videotape them. The shaming? You want to shame Is that, that, is works that with my, really our advice? Is shaming? It works with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to um, post this on Facebook. I swear to God, I'll do I, it. I'm going to post this on Facebook. Here, get, oh, th- there's the... What happened? Where'd it go? I thought you were grown up. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how, how to stop it. Jeez. I mean, cheat more so the guy's character doesn't die. No, uh, no. stupid no. thing. You know what? If he chooses the path that leads to it, mm-hmm. that's what happens. Yes. And invent a common sense mechanic. That, let him make an in- in- <laughs> intelligence roll and say, "Hey, you know what? That's probably gonna get you killed." It, it, but but see, he gave them all the chances possible, and he still did it. And then he sulked. So yeah, you, you fuck him. Yeah. He, he's not. He's not saying. That's he's not saying. What more could I do to save a childish player? He's saying, "What do I do with childish players?" Yeah, you ignore <laughs> you're them. You're gonna run into it. Yeah. But yeah. As soon as you give it attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's gonna make it worse. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They're looking for attention. They uh, want you to feel bad. Unless it's actually a video camera. <laughs> then it but might then stop. It, yeah. It you might, know, you might yeah, be onto something. Might, yeah. I might. I, I also might start a fight. Yeah. I, I ridiculed you at first, but maybe the whole shaming thing might be like, all right, you know what? If you're going to behave like this and you want, let's stop the game, everybody. Let's videotape him sulking about his dead character. All right, now yeah, I want I you to say this. We're going to put this on my Facebook. Don't actually do that. <laughs> no, I would just no. ignore it. And if it if it ends up like the same person's in your game a lot, just pull them apart aside and say, look. I get it that you're upset about your character. Stop it, please. Stop yeah, it. Make a new one. You yeah. might actually have to say after a session, it's like, "All right, dude, I understand your character died. It was a series of events. Yeah, make a new one. We'll make it. We'll make it cool. Yeah. We'll give you some background yeah. stuff, and we'll be cool. But, dude, stop yeah. sulking. Yeah, get the sand out of your vagina. Right. <laughs> suck it up and play. Stop making pearls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that noise is known as now. <laughs> Making sand out of pearls out of sand. <laughs> Getting the sand out. <laughs> no. yeah. Oh, here, I'll, re- I'll, I'll read the next email. I got a totally different No, email. no, no, I'm reading the next one. No, no, I, it's my row. turn. No, it's my turn. I, I, I read emails from Good Mush. Okay. <laughs> How would you make meaningful use of player backgrounds in a military game session? Love Good Mush. <laughs> I love you, Good Mush. <laughs> It was concise. You asked for short emails. You know what? Everybody in the military gets mail from home. Yeah. There you go. Nothing you can do about it. Well, but maybe choice. That well, that's true. That's possibility. You know, you get the you get the the dear John letter. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's time for you to consider trying to get some leave. But Mm -hmm. I also, it's like, I mean, it's also their motivations. Like, why did they join the military? In the first place, you know, maybe, you know, they're the oldest brother and they're trying to provide for, you know, three little brothers and sisters back home and things like that. So there's a lot of, um, like, like things that can affect what they're passionate about in the military, too. Uh, Riffing off of that, there could be stuff that happened to boot camp. Yeah. It could be stuff that happened during training. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. There could be rivals that you created. I mean, uh, Starship Troopers is a great example of that. There's stuff yeah. that happened during mm-hmm. the whole training that then follows them through their career. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. Love that You movie. might end up being the psychic badass Neil Patrick Harris. You might end up being dead. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I thought we were Those talking about Troopers. Mm-hmm. We were. We were talking about Starship Troopers. 
with Neil Patrick Harris. No, <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris. Was Neil never Patrick in a Harris film is my Starship Troopers. <laughs> You've never there, read the book. There was a film called Starship Troopers that had Neil Patrick Harris in it. But there's also a series of books that Stu is referring to. A book. A book. A book. Oh, it's the only one. It's only the one. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's only more one. than one. The movie had Michael Ironside. The dude's name is Irons. <laughs> there's a, actually. What was it? That was me. No idea. Oh, what okay. That's a strange sound for a fart. <laughs> I've been working on it. My wife's been complaining, that, so I've just decided to change it. That to same times. gnome that was in there pulling out memory blocks earlier. <laughs> just built that this is built a wind chime. A set of wind chimes. <laughs> Literally, wind chimes. <laughs> out, of, out of a pair of brass balls. Uh, you want to read DJ's email? Sure, why not? <laughs> Greetings, douche ex machinas. It's DJ's email. Trying to help out. Don't ever do that again. It's been a while since I've emailed you. This time I will not be writing a long email or requesting game advice. Instead, I'd like to call your attention to a delightful little video game I found on YouTube. This is not going to work well with radio, but let's carry on. The name of the video is The Shandification of Fallout. Let me say that again. The Shandification of Fallout. The author, Mr. B. Tung. I'll put a link link in in the show notes. In this video, Mr. B-Tongue speaks on the subject of shandification. This is a term that, as far as I can find, was made up by Mr. B-Tongue himself. Explanation found in the video. That's kind of awesome. The guy's like, I'm going to coin a term. It's a and thing it now. It has to do with the structure of a story, the importance of setting, and where the lines between them blur. He mostly relates it to video games, but he also mentions tabletop games. It's a fascinating look into the differences between linear and non-linear story structures and where the setting of the story fits into the mix. Mr. B. Tung explains that he finds the non-linear to be much more interesting, especially in the long run. It reminds me of how Stu talks about his game prep and how he creates a setting for his NPCs and leaves the rest to the players. I think this is very much relates to the way we view our tabletop experiences. One of the reasons I play tabletop RPG games is because it affords me true freedom to interact with and affect the story and the setting around me. In these games, I am not simply spectating a story, and sometimes, and someone else has created it for me, uh, such as in movies. I believe most, if not all, of you feel the same way. For that reason, I think you will find this video incredibly insightful and seriously suggest you watch it. For those of you who are to Mr. B-Tongue, who also makes <laughs> our... I think th- this guy might be Mr. B-Tongue. He seems to be talking a lot about this. For those of you who are interested, Mr. B-Tongue also makes uh, other rather really insightful videos, including one on how World of Warcraft and successors ruined massive multi-online role-playing games. Aww. You can choose to read this on air or not. I'm honestly more interested to hear your opinions on this video and its subject. Maybe with a little honorable mention, at least? Hmm? Keep up the good work, you assholes. DJ, you know do. You know do? You know. You know I do. You know I do. On the farms. I haven't watched it yet. I, I only just now found out about it. But we'll t- in the forum, mm-hmm. we'll tell you what we think about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a chance to watch it. More reasons to go there. And I'll, put, I'll put a link to it in the, in the show notes as well. As well as the GURPS Natural Encyclopedia and a link to the GURPS Add to Sad Skills Selector if it has include skills. Well, That's the only well, thing that I said I was going to put in the show notes, right? So then, so far? I think so. All right. 
I'm interested on the World of Warcraft one. I, I think I might have some rage posting to do on that. Look up Mr. No, Beaton. You can't argue that Mr. World of Warcraft didn't make MMORPGs easy. I don't think it ruined them necessarily. It just made them easy. It, it, it again, made them we can the whole EverQuest See, thing, yeah. Well, the EverQuest specifically, but like UO oh. before that was wasn't easy. It was, it was terrifying as shit. You go out in the, the first time you leave the town and a deer fucks you up. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. I got something goddamn deer. Just oh, I got killed by rats. I tried to wrestle a deer. And See, fun. I really think it was like once they started having uh, no PvP zones. Like the first time when UO gave up and they were like, okay, we're going to split the servers and there's going to be a PvP zone and then there's going to be a copy of the same world with no PvP. I think that's when everybody became wusses. Sorry. That's my personal opinion. That has nothing to do with anything in this podcast. I'm continuing. There you go. Duh! All right. I'll, I guess I'll read Willow. An email from Willow. <laughs> I don't think it's that time, Willow. Use the acorns. <laughs> I was like, Charlie! Charlie the unicorn. Willow the movie. Willow. Willow. Fuck you. Why would I say Willow? Are you kidding? I've never seen it. <gasps> Stupid daikini. I've never seen you it. You are fired. Yeah. Sorry. That's their childhood. We're old. I've also never seen E.T. Well, yeah. That's okay. Uh, but Willow's actually fun to watch. No, it doesn't hold up. Shut up. It doesn't? <laughs> it, not really. I haven't See? watched it in 15 years. It may be the gateway to Kimmy's uh, geek experience, but it just doesn't hold up. Uh, I, awesome. Just <laughs> it's awesome. Ne- never had any is. interest in seeing it. It was marketed terribly. Oh. I had no idea what it was going to be about, so I'm like, mm-hmm. it's got Val Kilmer. I don't actually. I, I was that's not a starting actually. point. Actually. What? It's got old school Val Kilmer. Oh, like like real genius Val Kilmer. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. like skinny in shape Val Kilmer. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if he's skinny in shape, but he was funny in. in he's kind of funny in this too. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. I think you'd like <clears> it. You should watch it with the kids. Okay. Yeah. Is it on Netflix? Yeah. No, oh, no, I'm not going to watch it. What? Almost douchiest of bags. Willow here with a conundrum. Stop using big words towards the end of the email list. <laughs> I got a conundrum. Through some odd twist of fate, combined with my company's fundivity policy. There's another one. Wow. This is this bad enough that we had a conundrum circle. I'm now we got a fundivity policy. Now they're making up goddamn words. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it's a trap. Fundivities. Uh, I'm going to be running a one shot for a group of six co workers. This group includes oh, good. Uh, a who? Uh, uh, see, played. you know what? I read that as a who. A I'm who. like, he's playing with a who. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You who, who is no more than two. Pete Townsend. <laughs> oh, that one. See, I was with Kimmy. It was little Cindy Lou. Who. Oh. <laughs> I was like, and you went with dude playing a D and D game with Pete Townsend would be kind of awesome. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! Yeah, yeah. yeah. You uh, gotta keep yelling, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who played a little D and D thirty years ago? Uh, another woman who is highly skeptical of the whole thing. Three male programmers <laughs> with no experience in anything but World of Warcraft, and my direct supervisor and CEO of the company. That's such a bad idea. Man. Oh my god, this so, is such a bad idea. Right there. I've got the perfect idea. Okay, okay. keep going. All are cool people. Just somewhat lacking in the geek department. Oh. 
Uh, I would run them through Fiasco, but there are just too many people. Savage Worlds or D&D 5 might work out, but I'm worried about using a system that gives them too many options. Uh, these are people with little to no experience in common genre tropes, much less gaming <coughs> ones. Uh, I don't want to lose them or spend hours explaining the system setting. Uh, Monster Hearts is obviously a no-go, as anything intrinsically not safe for work, because duh. Oh, uh, then I guess Fatal's out. Darn, that was going to be my <laughs> suggestion. Light Kay. the candles, get the calipers. <laughs> uh, thought of inspe- <laughs> That's my fatal noise. Yeah. To go on. Thought of inspectors, um, but with a group this big, I'd worried about spending the entire session designing the franchise and conducting fake job interviews. Ditto fate. Uh, this is the biggest group I've ever tried to run, so maybe I'm overthinking things a little. I just want this group of complete role-playing newbies to have a blast in an activity they may never get to do again. Popping a lot of cherries here helped me make their first time good. <laughs> there wasn't any sand. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> or at least memorable, I guess. In summary, I need a clean, simple-as-dirt system for a group of six noobs for a one-shot that will run in two to four hours tops. Big bonus for something with a clear, accessible premise built in. Drink. Yeah. Yay. I'd say D&D. Uh, yeah, I was going to well, actually say 4th edition. I, 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 you know what, there's, there's like just a okay. little bit more. Let me Go finish ahead. it and then I got some. Uh, P.S. This is time sensitive, not time critical, so I can only pray that you will see this before December. <laughs> Congratulations! Ta-da! Wait, was this from last year? No, no it's not. No, this is from like a week ago. Okay. Uh, uh, P.P.S. Yes, I am a GM of the increasingly common female variety. Yeah! Yay! PPPS, keep rocking those mics. Oh yeah. So, so Stu, you recommend D and I was rocking the mic. Yeah, uh, yeah. <coughs> I, would, I would say D and D. Why? They are, well, first off, all of these people, even the non-gamers, know what D and D is. Mm-hmm. It's only it's only role-playing game they've ever heard of. Yep. You can pre make pre-gen characters. Make the dwarf fighter. Make the you know the, a, a paladin. Make the half elf thief make or or the halfling thief. Give give them give them one of one of each of the of the tropes of the the tropes. Set them out. Let them all pick one. Run them through D anD. d They all know it. They all have a frame of reference to it. They may not understand <clears throat> exactly what it is, but at least if you if you run that, they can at least make fun of role playing game nerds. Yeah. And, and they can say they've played D&D. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I would say 4th edition, not because I particularly enjoyed playing it, but because when we started playing it, it became very evident that it was sort of meant as like a bridge type of game. If you've never played... Especially for World of Warcraft. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, you, if you're an online <coughs> gamer, if you've done Here's video games, it's super easy oh, to yeah, kind of transition. Yeah. 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 So it's like, literally, they've got them right there. They can, like, play the card in a way. I think... And even though it is like a like we were just saying a few minutes ago, very much a miniatures game, it also really helps like make everything super concrete for the new player. So mm-hmm. they know they go one, two, three, four squares. Oh look, I did it. Okay. Yeah. See now, my suggestion is completely the opposite direction. Okay, yeah. I'm concerned because I'm reading about who he's playing with. I mean, mm-hmm. and one of them being actually the supervisor and CEO of the company. That's mm-hmm. it's terrifying. It is. So what I would suggest would be Call of Cthulhu. Hmm. And here's why. It's a very simple concept to get across. The rules light. Uh, we are all in modern times, or maybe even in the 40s. And you're dealing with a horror 
concept, something mm-hmm. that's beyond anybody's imagination, and it puts everybody on an even playing field. Even people that know nothing about fantasy or gaming have yeah, some idea true. of horror yeah. movies. Yeah, and and mm. they and you you as a GM can scare them and not lose your job. If you kill the <coughs> wizard because they <coughs> ran out of magic points. <laughs> Well, if, yeah, if, if nobody, your boss is playing, just use a GM screen in that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's Fair the thing, enough. though, about Call of Cthulhu. How many times do people survive a Call of Cthulhu You, you game? don't. Never. You don't. Uh, but that's not necessarily the point. The point is the journey that yeah. you're taking, and it's the role-playing. And Call of Cthulhu really puts everybody in an even playing field, which is all about the journey that they're taking, and it's all about the role-playing, and it's all about the immersion. Right. And I think that that's a great way to get people sucked into this. Because a lot of D&D stuff, people are going to be looking at books, they're going to be asking, what, what do I roll now? With Call of Cthulhu, they're going to be like, hang on the edge of your seat, like, yeah? And? What? Right. Uh, okay, what, I want to open the door, what do, I, what, what do I do? And they're looking at each other, and you've put everybody in an even field. Mm-hmm. Now, Lokio said uh, he would suggest 5th edition rather than 4th, and 5th okay. edition is an easier game. Okay. I have. I will completely admit that I have not looked at that at all yet. Borrow my starter set. Okay. I, I was actually going to recommend the Weeby Goblins. Oh, the Pathfinder. Yeah. Pathfinder yeah. Adventure. Right. Uh, because it's kind of a simple concept, and the goblins aren't very complicated. Good characters. for people who, uh, who've never role-played before? Uh, it can be, because... Okay. You can take five minutes at the beginning and kind of explain. Like, none of these guys are super smart. Right. They come from a culture that's really kind of primitive, and they're kind of a little off the wall. Think about them like Muppets. (laughs) Yeah. You know? like you got to keep it simple. They're just a little bit crazy, you know. Uh, When I played Weeby Goblins, literally I played my goblin like animal. Like, I I walked around and I was like, hmm! And then I found a treasure box, and I was like, treasure box! (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, And it was a lot of fun. And I mean, like, it's specifically listed out there among the, like, you know, Pathfinder for kids. It's been run, you know. Mm -hmm. Tyler had a really good time running it for kids with their parents, a couple of their parents and other cons. And it was fun, and it's easy, and it's easy to wrap your head around. Um, Yeah, it's not bad. Or... You could just go completely off the wall and do something in a super complicated system because you're not having them make characters. Yeah. Right. As long as you're not... uh, The only one that really I would stay away from is Hero. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because even from just a player sitting at the table perspective, you give them that sheet and there's all this shit on there and they don't know what any of it means. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, here's your four-page character sheet. Yeah. 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 Uh, but and, and, and especially with hero, if you start, if you're going to do a superhero game, no, no, the roles are going to come out yeah. again. The boss is going to be the boss. Yeah, you need this to eradicate all of that. Everybody needs an even footing. Yeah, you know what? I, I ask them, like not specific. Hey, do you want to play this system? But say mm-hmm. like, hey, do you want to play a modern like horror horror game? Do you want to play like a fantasy game? Oh, like, yeah. give them a couple basic options. Like dumb it down for them. Find a whiteboard. Yeah. Put the options on there and let everybody vote. Yeah. And there you go. They, you know, a couple of weeks out so you have time to do that. Yeah. yeah. Only yeah. one vote matters. Right. <laughs> uh, thank you, Willow, for the email. Awesome. Uh, keep keep on GMing. The other thing I was just going to say, at the last con I played in a GURPS game with Mook mm-hmm. and he ran uh, We're All Bunnies nice. game. That he no, Bunnies and Burrows. Bunnies yeah. and Burrows, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it was... 
really a ton of fun, mm-hmm. and it was super simple. Like we sat down, and he was like, "Okay, check it out. Your bunnies. Um, you can count to four. Anything past four is lots." It's it's the mook. He's awesome. And like it was super simple and like we had this little badass bunny war party that we went out and fucking killed a hawk. Fucking wrecked it. Well and that was really good. Jib wrecked it. The it rest of us kind of cheered him on. It doesn't matter <laughs> it, whether you were a bunch of dwarves and humans or whatever. You no. actually went out on an adventure, and yeah. it was a hawk, and it was fun. It was. We had a blast awesome. being bunnies. Jesus Sorry. Christ, that's, that's the loudest fucking bag ever. I used, awesome. to, I used to keep these in a bowl. Yeah. Sorry. Go for laser ponies, man. Yeah, yeah you know, it, just it, it, that doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. Laser ponies not a bad is, idea. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. You need to know yeah. the system. Yeah. And make and it as invisible to them as you can. Right. Right. I would Absolutely. I would lean towards systems that don't have a lot of class differentiations, like like a D and D has that for me, but um simply because you're dealing with your CEO and stuff, I would try to make it as even as possible. But that's just me. Cool. Maybe Email I'm thinking about it too much. You are. Email from Grant from Saving the Game. I think I'm the last one. Read it. Dear Happy Jacks and Jills, Hey folks, glad you're back on the mics. Most of the gaming podcasts I listen to take a hardline stance against telling gaming stories. That's not entirely unre- that's not an entirely unreasonable position either. We're geeks, and geeks tend to go into exhaustive detail about things they like. It's a one point flaw including the, uh, included in the archetype. <laughs> It's e- easy to bore people with all the detail required to really get what's going on in a given story, especially if that story's from a long-running campaign. I'd like to stop right there and point out that, in fact, anybody will go on and on and on about their hobbies. Yeah. I work with uh, construction workers Not all the time. Not just us. No. They'll talk no. about hunting. They'll talk about their fishing. I don't <laughs> give a fuck about fishing. And the guy will go on for two and a half hours about the trout he caught yeah. and what he went out and did it. And I'm just sitting there just because I have to work with a guy mm-hmm. and I have to listen to it. So... <clears throat> it's not just geeks. There's an awesome meme, and it's one of my favorites. That's um, a comedian. He's there, and he's like, and it's just like this giant paragraph, like this monologue about, oh, my paladin is a 26 level, blah blah blah, and I've been working him in this area, but I think that I might change my character points, and I might change my talent tree, and blah blah blah. And now you know how I feel when you talk about sports. <laughs> At the end of like this huge tirade, <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. I'll I'll see if I can find it again and post it somewhere. It's been on my Facebook page a couple times, but I love it. Um, yes, you're right. Pe- everyone can be bored by other people. Something about this stance troubles me, though, because the action-packed excitement of good gaming story, badassery and heroism, and a- the exuberant joy of players caught up in an amazing moment they helped create are exactly the sort of things that grow the, grow the tabletop gaming hobby. These moments talk about bringing us back to the table every session. Surely they can bring new players to the table in the first place. And so, that's the crux of my question. Can we tell good gaming stories that interest people in our game rather than boring them? I think we can, obviously. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on how to do that. Thanks. Good wishes. Grant Woodward. Oh, we don't say last name, sorry. Well, no, uh, but he, he's oh, a podcaster. He's a person. Yeah. Grant Woodward, co-host of he's Saving the Game. P.S. Hey, Happy Jacks listeners. Keep an ear out for the news of the 2014 RPG Podcasters Charity Drive. It's coming. Yes, that will be coming soon, I think. Everywhere mm-hmm. I go, I'm coming. No. no. 
How do you tell a gaming story and not have it be boring to uh, people around you? Uh, well, you know what? Leave out the details. Well, actually, Stick to no, the facts. Th- there's a basic set of skills here, which is you need to be able to tell a good story, regardless of the topic. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you are a, if and you want have somebody who drones on and on about details, like I'm doing now, it's not an interesting thing to listen to. My story selection is the most important thing, I think. Because I've sat and listened to people tell gaming stories. Uh, quite a few, especially at cons. <laughs> Your story needs to have a point. No! Yes. <laughs> it needs to actually have a beginning, a middle, and, and an, end. an end. Oh, we did that. We were in a group, and we did this thing, and we went into this dungeon, and we were in there, we were fighting skeletons, and we were fighting dogs, if you and we were fighting the children, and, and all that, and then we left with a bunch of treasure. Have a punchline. <laughs> have a moral of the story. <laughs> have some reason why you're telling the story rather than just to talk. I, and I'm serious. That no, is, I know yeah. you're right. That that to me is the most important thing: is story selection. Tell not just any story. Tell the right story. Yes. No, you're actually saying that's actually storytelling 101. If you're going to tell a story, have a beginning, a middle, mm-hmm. and an end. Mm-hmm. There should be a story. It should it should take you on a journey, and you end with a, like some knowledge. You need a climax and a denouement, uh, and all of those things that make a story. A In- story. Interesting. Yes. yes. It's That's like important. that scene out of Trains, Plays, and Automobiles, which is, here's an idea. Those are <laughs> pillows. Next time you tell a story, make sure it has a point. Right? <laughs> yeah. Don't just say something to hear yourself talk. Yeah. And right. I think a lot of people will just... And we know a lot of those people. Well, yeah. And we have a whole podcast gamers. about no, it. Not just gamers. Not just gamers. Right. Yeah. Go back and listen to some of our live recording podcast from the cons, and you'll hear some really great examples of yeah. what to do mm-hmm. and what not to do. Yeah. Most of that's me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would like to say that we all we are enthralled by a great storyteller. And I can sure. tell you, I can name a, a, a couple of people that I've known at, like from Renaissance Fair, even Ray Bradbury, who, you know, some hack Ray Bradbury, who is able to... You went out to Ray You Bear? are captivated. That's awesome. Because they're able to tell a story. They're able to, to do it in a way. And they can tell you the most boring story. But they do it in a way that captivates you and grabs, grips you. And, and there's rules for that. And I think that's the key. You can tell the most boring story about your paladin ever, but you need to be able to tell it well. Mm-hmm. Right. And not very long. Right. You, know, you, get, about, you get about three minutes. The other yeah. thing is you have to manage your, the backstory. Yes. And if you're telling a story that requires a lot of explanation or a lot of backstory, like if something isn't funny unless you understand... The history of the three-year-long campaign between the barbarian <laughs> and the thief. Sure, that's not the story that's to tell. And and there we get back again to story. I'm selection. not yeah. really going to sit around and listen to you tell me the backstory before you tell me the story you wanted to tell. Unless you can tell it very briefly. Because how say, many how many conversations have you been in? We're like, I am this paladin, and they and like, oh no, and then they launch into the backstory before they. Like uh, this is the whole Dragonlance novel, isn't it? Oh God! Now I got to listen to this before we actually get into your story. <laughs> the the famous Ernest Hemingway six word novel for sale, baby shoes never worn. Right. Yep. Done. Very interested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if he had to tell you the whole story of how he met his wife. <laughs> at a time, and what led them to that point, you don't give a shit. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. 
Very interesting. And I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the key to it, is, yeah. is tell the right stories. And if right. they start falling asleep, stop. It's yeah. it's a it's a flaw I think we all have worked on is how to be able to be interesting and how to and we get drunk Read we start talking audience. we look around we forget that we've been blathering on for ten minutes and people's eyes are rolling and we don't notice that twenty uh, people have logged out of the chat room that nobody's listening yeah. Yeah. well there aren't that many people I, know, we've lo- I think we've lost about eighty percent of our listeners because we weren't on for a month yeah that's all right we'll build them back up yep It'll be stuff great. happened all right I'm gonna call it all right. Yay! Woo-hoo. It's good to be it. back. What it the is. fuck? Is- when listeners of Happy Jacks on RPG Podcast. Thank you for joining us for season 12, episode 17 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Kadev. This is not Kadev, but Stork. And I am still Kimmy. We're back. Comrade Dave. The Comrade Dave. And we'll join you next week uh, on Friday, 8.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Where we will again uh, entice your ears. Yep. With Tell your world. friends.